Cosmos Science, news, magazine, podcasts, video and features. It's climate quiz time. How much of a global temperature increase can the Earth withstand? 1.5 degrees, 2 degrees or 4 degrees Celsius? I'll give you a moment to think about it. Because while I won't be giving you the answer just yet, I can assure you that the correct response will be in this episode of Podcast Next Gen. So make sure to keep your eyes, well, ears, peeled. I'm Maya Farmer, and I'm a Year 12 student who listens to way too much musical theatre and is very worried about the climate crisis. On this episode of Podcast Next Gen, we're going to help clear some of the fog around the haze of climate change information. I think we'd better start out by clarifying that this is a super layered, super nuanced topic. Climate scientists have dedicated entire careers to first figuring out if and why and now the specific intricacies of how climate change is occurring. Despite so much scientific literature out there, for the rest of us, there is even more misinformation. This can make it pretty tricky to separate fact from fiction, especially when phrases like anthropogenic forcing, thermohaline circulation, and hydrometeorological disasters are used. What a mouthful. Luckily, many of the myths and misconceptions about climate change can be more or less cleared by explaining the how, or the cause, of climate change. Let's get back to basics. Part of what makes Earth so special is something called the greenhouse effect. When the sun's heat hits the Earth's atmosphere, some of it is reflected back into space, and some of it is absorbed by gases in the atmosphere. These special gases are conveniently called greenhouse gases, and include carbon dioxide, methane, nitrous oxide, and many others. The absorbed heat warms the atmosphere and Earth's surface, keeping it at around 15 degrees Celsius, the best average temperature for life, i.e. us, to occur. The greenhouse effect is a bit like a jumper. Every time you put a jumper on, the fabric traps your body heat, keeping you warm. This is just like how greenhouse gases trap solar radiation, keeping the earth warm. But what happens when there are more greenhouse gases in the atmosphere? Well, the same thing as when you wear more jumpers. There's more fabric to trap body heat, and you'll get warmer and warmer as you layer up. (sighs) Similarly, If there are more greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, more heat is absorbed too. This means that less heat is reflected back into space, making the Earth warmer. However, unlike wearing jumpers, when the Earth gets too warm, it can't just take off all the greenhouse gases to cool down. So a significant amount of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere results in a long-term warming effect for the climate, which gets us to where we started, climate change. But if it gets too warm, and even a small increase of 1.5 degrees Celsius happens, that 15 degrees Celsius sweet spot will be disrupted, and the consequences on our health, agriculture, the environment, and much more are pretty dire. And this answers the podcast's beginning quiz. The Earth can withstand about a maximum of a 1.5 degrees Celsius increase in temperature before extreme ramifications. Historically natural changes in the concentration of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere 
have caused the climate to fluctuate over timescales of hundreds of thousands or millions of years. However, just in the past 200 years, we've seen a global spike in the amount of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere and a global spike in temperature. So where are all these extra greenhouse gases coming from? The short time scale of the current global warming and the quick rise in temperature are completely different from the natural climate changes that occurred over the millennia scale. As I previously mentioned, greenhouse gases include the gases carbon dioxide, methane and nitrous oxide. But wait a second, climate scientists have found that there is 49% more carbon dioxide, 162% more methane and 24% more nitrous oxide in the atmosphere today than 200 years ago. That's a lot of extra earth jumpers. So where are all these greenhouse gases even coming from? Let's work backwards. Carbon dioxide, one of the greenhouse gases, has the chemical formula of CO2 and is formed by the combustion, which is a fancy word for the burning of carbon. Methane has the chemical formula of CH4 and is a hydrocarbon. And this is another fancy science word meaning something made up of only carbon and hydrogen. Methane is often emitted by other carbon and hydrogen materials. <laughs> Lastly, we have nitrous oxide, which has the chemical formula of N2O and is formed by the combustion of nitrogen. Okay, so now we know how these greenhouse gases are formed. You might have heard of fossil fuels before. These are materials we burn to produce electricity, so they're used by pretty much everyone, pretty much everywhere. These fuels include coal, oil, and natural gas. The fossil in their name is because these fuels are formed by the breaking down of organisms that were alive millions and millions of years ago. Fossil fuels are made up of carbon, hydrogen, and nitrogen. The elements that make up carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide. So fossil fuels, when burned, produce carbon dioxide and nitrous oxide, and can also emit methane. Well, I think we've solved the mystery of where all these greenhouse gases are coming from. The use of fossil fuels to produce electricity has also only occurred in the last 200 or so years, which correlates with the timing of the increase in greenhouse gases in the atmosphere and the increase in Earth's temperature. And this is how climate scientists have basically made the conclusion that not only is climate change indeed happening, but we are causing it by using fossil fuels. So the question is, how can we mitigate climate change? You might have heard of something called carbon capture, often suggested as a solution to the climate crisis, but is it actually a viable fix? Carbon capture and storage, often called CCS, involves, as the name kind of suggests, the capture of carbon dioxide emissions from the atmosphere, which are then stored underground or used in building materials and other proposed uses. Seems too good to be true, right? Well, maybe because it is. <sighs> Climate researchers have analysed the current different methods of this proposed solution. And in one such study, only eight of the 74 methods examined were found to be effective in reducing carbon emissions. Even worse, all the energy required for this capture and storage would 
actually produce carbon emissions anyway. Ultimately, while CCS does have some potential, climate scientists are sure that a reduction in fossil fuels is the single greatest way we can reduce greenhouse gas emissions and thus climate change. Hopefully this explainer has cleared up some of that climate change confusion. Turns out you don't need to know what hydrometeorological disasters are to understand the basics. Thank you so much for listening to Podcast Next Gen and see you next time. You've been listening to Podcast Next Gen, a collaboration between the National Youth Science Forum and Cosmos magazine. Year 12 students from across Australia have written and recorded their own science shortcasts about important topics in their lives. We'll be releasing them weekly, so keep an ear out. Cosmos is a publication of the Royal Institution of Australia, which is based in Adelaide on Ghana land. The students recorded their pieces around Australia, and we pay respects to Indigenous groups across the country. 